closer to home, you want to talk about maybe a, a roller coaster roller coaster of emotions. Carolina Hurricanes last night, every different emotion. Joy, laughter, sadness, confusion, maybe a little anger, maybe a little uh, pride. Every other emotion that you can think of. All of them. Last night was a roller coaster of emotion for the Canes. Team played pretty well, and there was one big reason why it was like, uh-oh. One big reason why that game was, was uh-oh. But it wasn't Seth Jarvis. Seth Jarvis at times best player on the ice, which is a very, very good sign for the Carolina Hurricanes if, if Seth Jarvis takes that leap. Last night was a big game for him. Big game for him. Is he an all-star? Well, the voting isn't done, but he's not banking on it. Here's Seth Jarvis after the game. It's too late. I'm going to Mexico. I got a non-refundable trip now, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm totally set on warm weather, but I, I still do appreciate all the, all the effort. Of course, fan vote is going on right now. The team and uh, many of its supporters are, are, are putting out a little campaign to get Seth Jarvis to the All-Star game. He said, I'm going to Mexico. I do have to believe he would happily eat that non-refundable charge to go to the All-Star game, uh, and I do believe he wants to, but it, he's setting himself up to not be disappointed. I'm fine with that because the guy's playing well. He's playing All-Star caliber as of late. Let's hear from his coach, Rod Brindamore, on how Jarvis has been performing. Well, he's having a great year, and he's, he's, you know, he's making plays, but he's doing it right, and um, he's certainly not afraid. Right? He'll get in there against the big guys, and we, you need to have that to be successful. Well, he's not afraid because he knows his big guys have his back. Uh, he got into one little scuffle last night, took about .2 seconds for Stahl and Martinuk to show up, and then all of a sudden Jarvis is the guy behind him. Yelling, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take that. He's like, hey, let me at him. <laughs> yeah. Let me at him. Hold me back. Hold me. You got him, Jordan? All right, cool. Cool. Appreciate it. Uh, it was a good day in so many ways. Aho and Svetch, you know, they, they were both on a one-game point drought. Yeah. They, they were on six-game point streaks before that, many multiple point games. They were on a one-game point drought. They took care of that early, uh, both contributing to early goals, picked up points. Uh, multi-point nights from Tavo Teravainen, Stefan Nason, Jordan Martinuk, in addition to defending his boy, uh, and Seth Jarvis. A goal for Jack Drury, who, since we said the little we, – we had a little segment on this show of we don't think Jack Drury's getting enough uh, attention. Mm -hmm. He's been backing us up. Yeah. Playing really gosh darn well. Another power play goal for him, too. Another power play goal. And there might be second-line center minutes coming for, for him pretty soon. He's playing really gosh darn well. Uh, Lemieux. Lemieux playing his role to a T. Uh, dropping the gloves. Pumping up the crowd on the way yeah. out. Yeah, that's the thing. Drury took a hit in the corner from behind. Lemieux steps in and is like, nope, that's not happening. And then on the ensuing power play, Drury is the one that scores. It's it playing his role to a T, and 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 right leaving the the fight with the the pumping up the crowd and everything. What we talked about when Lemieux was brought in this this off season, a little sandpaper, right? Like mm -hmm. when he's in the lineup, that's his role, and he's not going to be in the lineup every night. But when he is, do that. Did it? It worked. I mean. So many good things happened last night, especially coming off four straight days off. I asked for a hit from Svetch. Got one right at center ice. Big dude throwing his weight around. I asked for energy. Got that. There was the fight. There was uh, uh, really just an energetic display all night. I, I loved it. 
I wanted Svechanajo to pick up where they left off. Boom, did it. Pyotr Kochekov couldn't finish the game. Oh, yeah, there's that. It's crazy how you can have 10 things go well. One thing, if it's important enough, can put like that, that you know, Charlie Brown dark storm cloud over at your head. Because when, when Pyotr Kochekov was on the ground, and, and I mean, what does a broadcast do when a, when a player gets hurt? Let's take another look at the shot that uh, has Kochekov shaken up, and they played it over and over again, and you saw the knee to the helmet, the knee to the helmet. You saw Orlov with the nudge, and then the the the, the defend or the the um, member of Anaheim's knee to the helmet over and over and over again, and it just it was nightmare fuel for the Canes. Aho, Svech, uh, Slavin, these guys are wildly important. But I- until you have another goalie that you're confident in, Pyotr Kochekov is as important as anyone. We we did get confirmation today he is in uh, concussion protocol, which, like I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that he'll be back and effective in, in the near future but you never really know with those sort of things there's always that you know five percent of complete and total uncertainty nightmare fuel for the Carolina Hurricanes and honestly this is the risk they took when Freddie Anderson went down with with the the blood clotting issues again you want to talk about complete and total uncertainty. You don't know how that's going to pan out. When they didn't make the big move for a goalie, they were banking on the the uh, longevity, the durability of Pyotr Kochekov the way he was playing. And the irony of it all is we were all concerned about Pyotr Kochekov's health when they were playing him every game. And then he finally gets four straight days off, and it's the next game back that he gets banged up. Now, again, hopefully not for long, but until then, you're, you're, you're depending on Ranta. This is a team with all those guys we've mentioned, right? And we didn't even bring up the Orlovs, the Pesci's, the Burns, right? All of these guys have been working for however long for this season and for at least the, the next you know, couple of days, foreseeable future, I don't know, week, two weeks, however long. It's, it's on Auntie Ranta, a guy that, I mean, it's you count it in weeks. Weeks ago, he was uh, he was waived. Yeah, he was sent down. He, yeah. he was waived, and no other team wanted him. And then they finally could send him down to the AHL, where, by the way, he wasn't dominant in the AHL. And now you you have uh, you know one of the top two teams in, in the Metropolitan's hopes and dreams riding on Ranta. Now, I will give credit to this. Once Ranta got in, that is a very, very difficult situation, right? You're not expecting to play. You're over there. You have the baseball hat on. You're hanging out. Oh, look at this. You're going to get thrown into the game. The defense made his job very easy last night. Three saves is all that was necessary. If he if he did not make a single save, he played 26 minutes. If Auntie Ranta did not make a single save, they're going to overtime. Yeah. That that's about like and by the way, he looked good. He moved well. Um he he you know, he made the saves that were there for him to make, so credit to him, but uh but it was three saves. I'm not gonna make too much out of that. It was three saves. And the skaters, I mean the they the, the defenseman really had his back. And they're gonna have to do more of that. They are going to have to do more of that. So until I you know Again, the concussion protocol, you don't even want to speculate on how long or when or what, but 
until he is back, in, meaning Pyotr Kochekov, until Kochekov is back in the lineup and shows me that he's he's playing in the same form that he was prior to the injury, you can you can count my nervousness uh, high on the scale of 1 to 10. Nervousness will be like a 7 minimum over the next couple of weeks. Well, hopefully, after tomorrow's game against Pittsburgh, they're home again on Monday. That game on Monday is a 3 o'clock mm-hmm. puck drop. And they get three more days off, so they don't play again until Friday next week after that. So hopefully, if Kochekov, if he has a fast turnaround from this, clears through concussion protocol, maybe he's back that day or maybe the Mon- or the next game after that, which I think is also Sunday the 21st when they play Minnesota. So maybe it's only three games. Time will tell with that. But again, like you said, concussions, you just you just don't know. It's it's hopefully. Yeah, I think you said it the, the right way. Hopefully that's how it breaks. Hopefully. But, it, but until I see it, nervousness, probably 7 out of 10 minimum, and at times maybe like a 9.4. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll go up at times, right? If, if uh, you know, Ronta gives up a couple easy ones, 9.8. Like, it, it'll, it'll rise and ebb and flow a little bit here. Uh, but until he's back on the ice, I'm going to be nervous. It's time for Real Bold Predictions. We are the only place in sports media that does it the right way. Everybody has bold predictions. We certify them. That means we have something we call the Bold Enough Bell. Sounds like this. And we have something called the Not Bold Enough Buzzer. So I make a bold prediction. If it's not bold enough, Dennis hits the buzzer. I have to make it bolder in real time on the spot until we get the Bold Enough Bell. Uh, You'll catch on. I'll start with this. Duke plays Georgia Tech this weekend. It's in Cameron Indoor at home in Durham. Duke beats Georgia Tech by 30. Thank you. A 30-point win in the ACC is is pretty significant. I think they're going to be out for blood. A little bit, little bit of payback. A little bit of revenge. Georgia Tech beat Duke earlier. Ironically, I bumped back with If You Want Blood by ACDC. That's the, that's the world telling me my bold prediction is accurate. See? That's the universe. The cosmos. Mercury's in retrograde. Ha, <laughs> ha. I don't know what that means. Uh, horoscopes, Sagittarius. Yes. Um, next double staying in, in ACC basketball. Uh, RJ Davis, 25 points versus Syracuse. RJ Davis, 27 points against Syracuse. RJ Davis, 29 points against Syracuse. I believe that would be his season high. Uh, RJ Davis, 31 points against Syracuse. I think he gets back on track. He's, he's, I wouldn't say been off track, so I don't know, back on track might have been the wrong words there. But he hasn't had like a big pop sizzle game in, in a couple games now. Uh, but I think he's he's due, right? Guy, a guy like him only stays quiet for so long, particularly the way he's playing this year. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, I originally wanted to keep it in the 20s somewhere, uh, but the bold enough, uh, bu- or not bold enough buzzer forced me into the 30s. 31 points for RJ. Yeah, him scoring 27, 28, 29, that would not surprise me at well, all. Well, not a couple weeks ago, but now he's he's cooled off it a bit. It still wouldn't surprise me, but over 30? All right. Hope he takes 27 shots. I hope he's just he's just Have gunning. A, a full Kobe he's, Bryant he's, Yeah, just gunning. 30 points on 30 shots. Uh, the Canes play Pittsburgh. They do. Sidney Crosby scores two goals versus the Canes. Canes win. I've had this conversation every time they play Pittsburgh. There is that that weird Sidney Crosby thing where, you know, it feels like every time you watch him, he does a Sidney Crosby thing. 
Uh, it's He does something that makes you go, whoa. Uh, that's not to say Pittsburgh always wins. Matter of fact, earlier this year, I believe, even when the Canes weren't really cruising, mm-hmm. uh, the Canes won 4-2 and Crosby got two goals. So. Yep. So it was very much like Crosby did his thing, check. Kane's got the win, check. So a similar night. And maybe it's not maybe he doesn't score all the goals, but especially with Ronson net, you know, there's always always a possibility. Uh so Sid the Kid makes it happen. This one, I don't know how I would make it more bold. So hopefully I get the bold enough bell. Uh Mike Vrabel named Panthers head coach. Thank you. Thank you. I pre-emphasized or I pre-requisited uh, that one with like, I don't know where I'd go with this. Um, this is as much me making a bold prediction as me just putting it out into the universe, right? It, it, what you put out into the universe, you get back from the universe. There's a lot of cosmic talk on this this bold predictions today. Uh, I, I think he's the guy. I've come around on him as he's my choice number one. He is who I think can uh, give the Panthers the identity they need. I think he's a worthy, grisly adversary to David Tepper. Won't put up with any guff. He's not a pushover. Um, meanwhile, he also you know, recognizes the owner is the owner. Uh, I also think he can put together an offense, um, maybe along with Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator, that is young quarterback friendly. And that's not to say it's running gun and shoot, but it, it just asks Bryce to do less, but he can do what he's asked to do better. Uh, so Vrabel is my, my, my choice. Uh, real bold predictions continuing here. Uh, next bold prediction, we're going to jump into some just NFL predictions, okay? Okay. Philly loses at Tampa Bay. <clears throat> that is – they were in the Super Bowl last year. Were you aware yeah, of that? I, I was. Tampa Bay's Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. They scored nine points against the Panthers. I know. Philly loses by three and a half plus. Six plus. Mm. Can make me go full touchdown. Seven plus. Mm. You think it's not bold to say that Tampa Bay will beat Philly by more than a touchdown? Nope. Ten plus. It's a home game. It's a home game for Tampa Bay. Philly is still Philly, though. Are they, though? Well, okay, Philly's Philly. What's Philly right now? Philly stinks. Their offense hasn't been good, but Tampa Bay just scored. defense. Tampa Bay just, they didn't beat the Panthers by 10. It's because of Derrick Brown. Jordan (laughs) Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. Like, I I really like Derrick Brown on the Panthers. Do not get me wrong. I've been singing his praises for a long time. Philly's got some defensive tackles as well. They they can get some things done. The only reason they're not getting as many tackles as Derrick Brown is because the other one's making them first. Like, they got to split the tackle. Oh, man, I do not feel good about that real bold prediction. Uh, Next up, Blue End, Joe Flacco, three touchdowns versus Houston and a win. Cleveland advances. Joey Flacco magic, baby. Do you realize, and this is me just being a complete homer for a fellow Delaware Blue End. Uh, Do you realize that there are only truly – two quarterback runs through a playoff that can be considered like statistically in the running to be the best quarterback run through a playoff ever. Yeah. It's Joe Montana from like one of the ones in the eighties with Jerry Rice and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had 11 touchdowns, no interceptions on a four, uh, a four game Super Bowl run. 
The magic is in there somewhere. Joe's ready to, to bring it back out. It's just going to live vicariously through him. Hey, it's a very small fraternity of, of Delaware football quarterbacks. Uh, you know, between all of us, we have an NFL MVP. We have a Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. We have one show weekly, or uh, sorry, daily in the triangle from 3 to 6.30 right here on 99.9 The Fan. That's my contribution to what we're bringing to the Rich Gannon brought the MVP. Joe Flacco brought the Super Bowl. I bought the show, brought the show here on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, last one here, Matt Stafford throws for four touchdowns and a win against the, the Lions. Matt Stafford is all about, like, playing in Detroit. <laughs> he did a lot of it. Yeah. If that's all, I don't know. Puka Nakua. I'm just going to say players. Kyron Williams. Second team all pro, Kyron Williams. Tutu Atwell. Sean McVay. Cooper Cup. Koopy Cups. There you go. 